Hi, I'm Aspen. And I'm Josiah. And this is Asking for a Friend. A podcast about restoring people's hearts through sharing each other's stories. Where every week we have a new conversation with a new friend. Cause I'm asking for a friend. Hey, Josiah. Hey, Aspen. How you doing? <laughs> doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So we're here doing this thing. Are you excited? I am excited. It's kind of weird. Uh, I'm definitely not used to being the one with a microphone in front of his face. Yeah. Um, normally the person behind that microphone. So definitely a little little strange, but yeah. good. Yeah. Tell good kind of strange. Tell me about, I don't know, what's going through your head right now? What's going through my head is that I really hope that I've got like one of those amazing radio announcer voices. <laughs> But I know that I've probably got that like super like nasally whiny no. voice where people are like, oh my gosh, I can't stand listening to another second of this. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, I'm so excited about this. Yeah, me I've, too. I've been, I've been waiting to do this podcast for a while. So Yeah, me too. I think I've been waiting to do it for a while too, but I've been waiting longer than I thought I've been waiting, I guess, if that makes mm. sense. No, I so. feel that too. I think that I've been kind of ruminating over these ideas for several years and when we started having our conversation, it started putting some sort of tangibility to what I've been thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, where did the idea for this podcast start and what was that journey like up until now? For me, it was just an interest in people and questions and getting to know people through questions. So I started collecting questions in a note on my phone and I just would pull that out in the middle of dinner. And <laughs> All right, guys, time to play the question game. Let me hit you with a level four. Um, <laughs> if you know me, you're familiar with those. Oh, yes. So <laughs> that's kind of, I guess, the basis of where this started for me. Um, where did this start for you? Yeah, so this started for me several years ago back in Seattle. So I was a technical director at a church up there, and I had the privilege of working with a, a guy who was a video director there who taught me about everything I know about video, which still is not much given the grand world of video out there. But he really focused on story when it came to interviewing people. And the church did this really cool thing where they would do video interviews of all the baptism candidates. Mm. And because the video director didn't have time to actually do that with all of his mm. other responsibilities, I was handed that responsibility. And at first, it felt like this giant burden that took me away from what I really wanted to do, which right. was tinkering with all the fun little audio things around the church. Yeah. But in a very short amount of time, it actually became a blessing because I was able to help people tell their stories of salvation mm. and help people communicate why their faith mattered so much to them and why they wanted to get baptized and all that stuff. And in the grand scheme of things, the format was fairly simplistic. It was, you know, two minutes or less. Not super complex, but as I got in Premiere Pro and started yeah. editing, I realized that I really had this amazing opportunity to put these stories together in a way that really honored these people mm. and helped the congregation celebrate the baptism that was about to happen during that service. Yeah. So that really sparked in me 
really a love for people's stories and not just necessarily crafting stories, but when I say people's stories, I mean really helping them honestly tell mm. what is in their hearts, yeah. what is on their minds, the things that God is doing and has done in their lives and help to frame. It's like giving somebody a picture frame for what they've been through in their life. Mm. When you get to present this completed video story or some sort of completed media element that yeah. encapsulates what this person has gone through, encapsulates meaningful parts of their story. So ever since then, it, it's just kind of been germinating, I guess. I haven't had many outlets for that particular kind of storytelling. And the more that we talked about our shared interests in people's stories and the questions book that you have coming out in the near future, um, it really started to reignite that desire again to yeah. just tell people's stories in a real honest way and to use that to help facilitate community. That's cool. Very cool. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to do this with you. Yeah. Yeah. You as well. Josiah, tell me about your name. My name. So the actual meaning I am totally blanking on right now. Um, so my full name is actually Ben Josiah Harmon. Mm -hmm. um, ben is a family name. Technically, I'm like Ben the Fourth. And Josiah is what I go by. That's my middle name. And that was the name really given to me by my parents. And they liked the biblical implications of it. And it was one of the only names they could agree on, according to my mother. So <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that was <cute>. also <laughs> a bonus. But hey, yeah. you got to learn how to agree on something, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. How about you? Where did your name come from? And why are you Aspen? Why am I? Oh, well, I'm an, it's an Aspen and you can tell it's an Aspen because of the way it is. Yeah. If you know, you know. But I was, my mom was pregnant in the fall in Colorado and my mom's name is Adele and her mom's name was Adele and my dad did not want my name to be Adele. <laughs> so they went up to the mountains in the fall and started looking at the trees in Colorado, the Aspen trees, and they all turn bright yellow and orange and like a whole mountain looks like it's caught on fire with the way the aspen trees change color in the fall and my parents looked at each other and they were like aspen <laughs> <laughs> so that's how i got my name but i think it's it's cool i think i've gone on a quite a journey getting to know myself through what my name means when i was living in chicago there was a woman that she prophesied over me she was like aspen you're a mountain and I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's crazy. And I started looking into what an aspen actually is. And an aspen is the largest organism on planet Earth. It is like an aspen grove is one organism. So it comes from one seed and it, it grows out in a grove to where it'll take up an entire mountain. And that's one aspen tree. So when I was younger, I was frustrated because I was you know, good at this and good at that and not really good at fantastic at anything, you know, Swiss mm -hmm. army knife, jack of many trades, master of none. And understanding what an aspen tree is, you know, its root system is really intricate and complex and connected underneath the mountain, but you see all these individual little trees sprout up. Mm -hmm. And at surface level, that's what you see is all the individual little trees. But in reality, there is this intricate root system that's holding it all together. And that's what I've learned about myself in the last 
season is it's not about being a Swiss army knife. It's about being able to hold all of those things together. And that's the, the value of a Swiss army knife is that it is an all in one thing. It's not a thousand little pieces. So that root system that you talked about, yeah. what is that root system in your life? The intricacies that are holding you all together? I mean, first off, it's Jesus. It's Jesus taking those parts of my story and and putting it together. But I think it's also me allowing him to do that, right? So he can't do that. He's not. In, uh, we don't have an invasive God. He's not going to do that and take over. You have to create space for him. So I think in my life, I've I've learned how to have compassion for myself, <laughs> which has been really difficult because um, I'm so difficult on myself. I'm so mean to myself. Sometimes my self-talk can be really awful. So I've learned how to have compassion for myself. And through that, I think the Lord has shown me the love that he has for me. So. That's great. Yeah. That's great. If you were a character in a story, what would that character be? <laughs> Um, there's three characters mm-hmm. to every story, right? There's the hero. There, well, I think there's this, there's the, this is a really broad concept that I'm gonna totally butcher. Mm-hmm. But there's basically like the hero, the villain, and the guide. And everybody wants to be the hero, right? Because he's the the one taking mm-hmm. over. And then the villain is usually pretty much the antithesis of the hero that's just using all of his things for bad. And then there's the guide who always has the right thing to say and is never, you know, faltered by the change in the situation. So I'd love to be the old hippie lady with dreads, you know, in the trailer and be the guide in the story, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody that people come to, not just for advice, but for comfort. You know, I want to be a home. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Can you tell me uh, what's something you've accomplished in the last few years that you're proud of? Well, last year, I think it was the last March, I got my private pilot certificate. So cool. So uh, probably one of the most proud accomplishments up to date. Yes. Um, and we went flying. <laughs> yeah. 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 So still. Craig went flying too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When Craig and I went flying, we saw an evil Knievel ramp in the back of somebody's yard. Wait, it was that's great. That's so cool. I'm yeah. so jealous. Yeah, we he just pointed it out, you. and I was like, okay, we're going over there to see it. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Shout out Craig in the room. Yeah. Eric on audio. Yep. Yeah. They're the best. Hey, Eric. Hey, Craig. <laughs> that's awesome. That was quite a journey yeah. as well. That really has a big part in the kind of heart recovery. That I went through mm-hmm. um, throughout 2018, 2019, and beyond. So, if I'm going too long here, you can stop me. But I'm just going to kind of tell this part of my story. Tell your story. So, in 2018, I ended up quitting a job that I was at. Felt like God was leading me in a different direction. Did the freelance life for a little while and just realized like that's not for me. And I just felt like I was wandering in a lot of ways. And I stumbled on a book at this bookstore in Nashville called McKay's called uh, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. And that really was the catalyst that caused me to start realizing that I had been blocking off my own heart for so long for the sake of 
doing the right thing. Mm. Um, I was so focused on living life by a set of rules and being good, I guess, that I had kind of lost my heart along the way. And in the middle of that process of kind of recovering my heart, I found flying. I kind of mm. rediscovered flying. I, I realized that one of the things that had really threaded through my life ever since I was a little kid was being a pilot. Mm. One of my earliest memories is my dad taking my brother and I to the Indianapolis airport back when we lived in Indiana and watching airplanes take off at night. Mm. Um, what about being a pilot motivated you, excited you? I think a lot of it is the adventure element. Mm. There's just so much freedom. The idea that I could literally get in a plane and go fly it anywhere is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, when you get in a car, you kind of have to stay on roads. You're going to encounter physical barriers at some point when you get to a border. An airplane, like you might, you know, eventually find some F-16s at your wingtips mm. forcing you to land, which isn't great, but... Um, all in the pilots theory. got that joke. I did it. It's okay. <laughs> in theory, you're just totally free to just go wherever you want to go. Yeah. Um, so I think it really speaks to the part of my heart that wants the adventure. Mm. And it ties in with my story at such a young age. There's there's kind of an adventure and innocence kind of intertwined all throughout that. Yeah. So. That's really cool, Josiah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So how is God restoring you right now? How are you finding restoration in your story? It's a good question. I think for me, I had some pretty serious heartbreak this last year in a few different ways. You know a lot of that. So I've, again, learned how to have compassion of my, in my, for myself in this season, first off. And I think in having kindness for myself, there's been opportunity for healing. And I think allowing people to come into those moments of heartbreak and, and, you know, when it is hard to get through the day or the week, having a person to sit down and pray with, you know, that meant a lot for me and still does, I think, in finding some restoration. is It is the community, right? It's the people around you. And knowing that you're not going through it alone. Because for me, I think, because I'm an only child, I grew up, you know, not with a lot of money and not a lot of friends, not a lot of family. I was a very lonely child. I believed for a long time that anything I'm going through must be alone. <laughs> I must be facing this by myself. You know, whether it's my best friend dying of cancer, or, you know, Scraping my knee, whatever it is, I got to buck up and deal with myself. So in this season, being able to let go of the shell that I've put up for so long and be vulnerable with my heart after it's broken. <laughs> it's been hard, but I found a lot of restoration in that. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that is hard. And it's hard because like especially when it comes to being vulnerable like you need boundaries but boundaries and walls are two separate things that's true and they can look very similar yes. a lot of the times <laughs> yeah. deceivingly similar yeah so i guess in your life 
how are you differentiating from mm. boundaries and walls? Um, boundaries are something that I put up and I think walls are something that you encounter. So another way to say that would be I decide my boundaries. Like I can set those. I can also discover them and move them. I can also choose to ignore them, allow them to be crossed, violate them. Um, however, a wall's pretty <laughs> is pretty right there. Uh, it could have been maybe I put that wall there, maybe you put that wall there, but it's there and it's blocking something from moving. It might be a good thing, it might be a bad thing, but it's something that you didn't choose to put there yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Something that either grew or was built over time subconsciously. Mm -hmm. I think that's the difference between walls and boundaries for me, but in a less, you know, sort of vague way, the practical, the boundaries are the, you know, the physical boundaries. For me, being a single girl, it's important to have those physical boundaries with men and my schedule and my travel. Mm -hmm. Whereas the walls that come up are, I think I've found to be more relational where like walls will come up when you're trying to connect with somebody and you can't, you can't get through for some reason. They've either gone through something or you've gone through something or there's some trauma that's standing between your ability to connect. Or another way to say that would maybe be, you know, there's something that's hurting mm -hmm. that needs healing. You may or may not be the person to do that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's having the sensitivity and the compassion for that's important. All right. I'm going to ask you a slightly lighter question. What's some of your favorite art right now? TV shows, music, Ooh, okay. things like that. This is good. <laughs> so I have a, a girlfriend of mine works on the show Dave. Mm -hmm. um, so I love, <laughs> I love the show Dave on Hulu. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really good piece of art. As much as it is like a comedy show and, you know, satire, it is, I think, a really beautiful piece of story and art. So I really like Dave. I love the Silk Sonic album that came out. So good. Highly recommend. Um, Alan Rickman just, or Alan Raymond is his name. Say Alan Rickman? Alan Rickman. He, he rose no. from the dead? No, Alan <laughs> Raymond just put out a new album that is really good as well. I love music and art. What about you? What are you listening to, watching? I feel like what I'm watching is like 180 degrees different from what I'm listening to. Okay. Because what I've been watching is like Letterkenny and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It. It's my first time watching the whole It's Always Sunny all the way through and I'm loving it right now. It's awesome, it's just, right? <laughs> it's so great. But as far as what I'm listening to, I've listened to a lot of Christian worship music and there's been a lot of really good stuff that's come out recently. Put your uh, album recommendations, TV show recommendations in the comments below so we can check them out. Yes. It's called Commoner's Communion. It's an instrumental album called Lauds, L-A-U-D-S. Mm. I've been really liking instrumental lately. I yeah. feel like one of the hardest things for me to do in the season has been just to stay present mm. with where I'm at. And instrumental music is really helping me to just, you know, breathe and stay in the present. There's a lot of really good Christian instrumental that's been coming out lately. That plus Southland worship. Mm. Um, there's small church, I think somewhere in the Midwest. Okay. But um, they put out a couple amazing instrumental albums. Cool. Legacy Worship has a great instrumental Legacy's worship great. album. Yeah, we happen to both go there. So. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs>
Tell me about what, what does home mean to you? Ooh, home. Yeah. That is something I've been asking myself mm. a lot about. So this last weekend, I went to Seattle to visit family and friends. I lived there for, gosh, close to 20 years. Grew up there. It's as home as I think home will ever be. Yeah. But going back there, I feel like it's it's like looking at painted memories through a car window. Mm. Like home for so many people tends to be a place where, you know, you feel like this is where I belong. And like I once belonged there, but I don't anymore. Yeah. It's beautiful. I love the mountains. I love the ocean. Mm. There's something about standing on a cold, rocky Pacific Northwest beach that yeah. speaks to my soul like nothing else does. Yeah. But that feeling of home wasn't there anymore. Mm. And that's a hard thing because yeah. I don't feel like I necessarily have that feeling in Nashville yet. Mm. I think it will get there. We've been here for six years this year mm. and it's starting to feel that way. Um, We're starting to forge these deep relationships. And it takes time. Home takes time. Home takes time. Yes. That could be the title of this first episode. Home takes time. Home takes time. Yeah. If you're expecting to find home by bouncing around from city to city, you're never going to find that. You're always going to live on the surface. Yeah. You have to grow your roots deep you have to push past the clay and that hard soil to really get down to where you find home and i'm not there yet i think i will be yeah but i'm in this weird in between place where it's like you know i want to have those deeper relationships i want to be you know here for the foreseeable future and really grow that root system but Yeah, so I guess there's a little bit of pain in home Mm. right now for me. There's a little bit of longing in that, Mm. which I don't think is a bad thing, but it's a necessary thing. And I think you have to be really careful about not running away from that. Yeah. That's good, Pastor Josiah. (laughs) (laughs) He hates it when I say that. (laughs) Oh, I love it. That's awesome. That's so good. That's really encouraging. How about you? What does home mean to you? Um, I think it's really similar. And why I say that what you said is encouraging is because of that, right? There's sort of pain or longing maybe. Maybe it's heartache for heaven. <laughs> but like I was saying, I grew up very alone, only child, not a lot of family. And finding home has never really been a like possibility for me. I never thought it could be real. Like home was ever real. Like all my friends had home. I didn't really have, I had the apartment we lived in. Um, but I've, as, as I've grown as an adult, I'm learning more. Like home is my mom and my dog. Home is, you know, my hammock and my coffee on my front porch. Home is, you know, coming home after a long day and drawing a bath and lighting a candle and having a tea. It's what you make it. It's where you are. Home is where you choose to let it become. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But home to me is, it's always been a struggle. So maybe that's why I'm kind of all over the place with that answer. 
No, that's great. I think to be rooted is a struggle. Yeah. Particularly in our generation. Totally. Particularly when we are basically told that the transient lifestyle is something to be desired Mm. and it's fun for a while. It really is to, you know, be the Instagram influencer who flies all around the world taking pictures and getting paid tons of money. Nothing against that. You know how that what that's like, right, yeah. Josiah? Oh yeah, you know all me. All about that life. All about that <laughs> life. Yeah. Um, nothing against that. I truly am, you know, happy for the people that have the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a danger in creating a generational expectation that everybody can have a lifestyle like that Mm, yeah because if we're all transient if we're all travelers experiencing others culture who's actually going to create the culture wow who's actually going to be rooted and create the cities and the towns and the environments that people want to go to yeah the artists right yeah that's part of it yeah Mm. yeah what does that mean like if we're transient, we're traveling, we're not creating. Who is creating? How do we create if we're moving? How do mm. we create culture? I think it comes back to the idea of home. Mm. You have to know who you are and your identity starts when you know your home. Yeah. I wouldn't say an, an artist is one who doesn't move. I would say an artist is one who knows how to move and be rooted. Mm. Art, like Someone a tree. That takes home with them. Yeah. Yeah. Like a tree, it blows in the wind, but it stays rooted. That's cool. And we look at trees and we see how beautiful they are. Yeah. We marvel at aspen trees, Mm -hmm. for example. And we marvel at um, large redwoods in California. And I think that's a great example of what it means to to be a creative person in a lot of ways is to be rooted in who you are and your identity. And I believe a lot of that is a physical rooting, yet still be open to the winds of change yeah. that can That's happen so around you. That's so good. I love this, like, we talked a lot about home. I do like this theme of home that has come up. Yeah, home takes time was what you said. Yeah. So home takes time. What does that mean, home takes time? It means you you just have to be patient with where you're at Yeah. in a lot of ways. It's a hard thing to do. Yeah, home takes time. That's good. I think, you know, as we all move throughout our weeks or our days, we can consider in our own lives maybe what areas we've maybe struggled with when it comes to home and ask ourselves that question. What does home mean to me? How has that changed as I've matured and grown? and, And how does that continue to change? And what's something I can do to heal my home? Yeah, and I'd also encourage you to invite people into that, too. Yeah. Call up your best friend and have a conversation about this. Have um, them come over to your home. Exactly. Make a meal. Invite people over. Have yeah. these questions. Start building roots. Yeah. Um, yeah, just invite people into that process and be okay with the messiness of it. Yeah, the messiness is where you find, I think, the fun parts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Totally. Exactly. Well, thanks for listening to Asking for a Friend. It's been awesome having this conversation with you, Josiah. Yeah, it's been great having this conversation with you as well, Aspen. Because I'm asking for a friend. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. 
If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a rating and a comment to let others know that this is a podcast worth listening to. You can follow us on Instagram at friends for a podcast. That's friends for a podcast, all one word. We're also working on a website where you can find bios and additional resources related to our episodes and guests. We'll officially announce that here when complete. We hope you join us next week. But for now, remember to ask good questions, listen well, and be excellent.